Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, it's great to see you today. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads that are here with us today and those of you that are watching online. We say we love you, dads. We're so thankful. And we'd just like to uh, wish you Happy Father's Day. Watch, watch this video. such a great day that uh, we actually opened up our kids' city today in honor of fathers. So that means every year on Father's Day, we'll celebrate that in the year of 2020, we were able to open back up kids' city uh, because of great fathers. How about that? And a great father of all. Thank you for those of you that are here today. Would you give a warm welcome to those that are watching online today? Wow. We're so thankful you're watching and uh, for whatever reason that you're home today, maybe you went to the beach yesterday and you got sunburned and you can't wear clothes today, so you're home watching online. Uh, you, just, you just never know. That, that's a true story. And her husband said, it doesn't bother me. All right, you have your Bible with you. Let's hold up our Bible. Let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you today, and we're so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful that you loved us enough that you died for our sins. We're so thankful, Lord, for the Father's house, for the other churches in our community. And so, Lord, today, as we enter into this time of looking into your word, I pray that your anointing would flow through me and out of me. Lord, speak the words today that you would have spoken to us, and God would just give you all the praise in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, listen, you might want to open your Bibles up to the book of Numbers. I'm going to be there in just a minute. But while you're going there, <clears throat> I want to give you a Bible quiz, all right? So uh, if you'll see, uh, if you recognize... Any of these names that I'm going to say, I'd like you to raise your hand. I want to see who's really smart in the house today. How about a guy by the name of Shaphat? Mm, okay. Uh, how about Ilgal? Uh, I-G-A-L, Ilgal, nobody. Um, how about Gadai? All right, there's one, okay, one person that's smart. Now, we'll have you to come up and tell us about Gadai. 
Tell us, we'll have you to come up, tell us about Gadai, what tribe he was from, how many kids he had, and we'll go with that. How about uh, Guel? Yeah, Guel. Well, listen, these guys, you should know them because they were very famous. They went on a missionary trip with two other guys, and you might recognize their name, Joshua and Caleb. Anybody remember Joshua and Caleb? Well, the other guys, I read only some of their names. They were part of the 10 spies that went with Joshua and Caleb into the promised land, remember? And 10 brought back a negative report, and two brought back a very positive report. So maybe you don't remember the story, so let me remind you, and we'll, we'll just, if you'll go back in time, uh, that God led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, right? He led them across the Red Sea. He led them into the wilderness. They went to Mount Sinai, and then from Mount Sinai, he took them to a, 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 the precipice overlooking the promised land, this land that he promised, I'm going to lead you to, and it's going to be an awesome place. So then he says to Moses, Moses, I want you to send out 12 spies. Now, these weren't mediocre men. These, each of these spies were the head of their tribe, 12 tribes. So each of these guys was the head guy of God's people over one of those churches, over one of the 12 tribes. So he said, I want you to go in, check out the land, see how it is. Uh, and it happened to be at harvest time. So when they went into the land, they came back and said, wow, it's unbelievable. Pomegranates. In fact, uh, there's so many things. And they said they picked one cluster of grapes. And it was so big that it took two of them to carry it on a long pole. You've sort of seen that picture before of two guys carrying it, a huge cluster of grapes. It was awesome. And so, if you'll look with me in your Bible at Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, we'll pick up there. So Joshua and Caleb said, okay, let's go at once and let's take the land. We are certainly able to conquer it. We are well able, another translation said. But 10 of the spies, the other men, this is what they said. Listen to this. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we, so they spread this bad report. They spread a negative report. You ever hear anybody like that? They're always spreading negative reports. So they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes there. All the people we saw there were huge. Say huge. huge. Come on, say it like you mean it. Huge. All right, good. Make sure you, you get that one, all right? We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. I mean, when you read that, don't you ever just sort of wonder, how did you know what they think? Did you go up to one of those giants and interview you and say, excuse me, sir, but how do you view me? Well, I see you like a grasshopper. Uh, that's, how, that's how I see you. But isn't it amazing how we think that people see us, how we think a situation is when we get into negativity. Now, here's, here's what they, these 10 were saying to Moses. Moses, it's, it's, it's great plan, but we, it's great land, but we can't go. We're like grasshoppers. In other words, we are, I am weak. I am inferior. I am afraid. I am not able to do this. But listen to Joshua and Caleb. Moses, they're right. The people are big. They're giants. 
but our God is bigger than they are, and we're well able. Let's go in now at once, at once. In other words, they're saying, they weren't saying, I am weak, I am inferior. They were saying, I am strong, I am confident, I am equipped, I am more than a conqueror. Now, when you read that story, doesn't it bring up a question in your mind how 12 people could make the same missionary trip, 12 people could see the, the blessings of the land, but then when they come back to give a report, 10 of them say, we can't do it. And, ten, and two of them say, we are able. It all comes back to what we talked about, the mirror, mirror, right? How you see yourself in the mirror, and if it's a distorted mirror, when you see yourself, then you feel distorted. Like, we're seeing a lot of a fear, a lot of anger, a lot of things going on from the crisis in the world. And if we're not careful, because of the news or social media, we let that, that image reflect back to us. And, well, we're not able. We're not able to go to church. We're not able to have church like we used to. We're not able to get a job. We're not able to do that. We'll never have unity. This, what we're seeing right now, we'll never go back to a normal. I don't know what normal is. I don't like normal. I like always something new, right? And I think that's what God wants. So how we see ourselves, listen, I said this to you last week. How we see ourselves affects our lives and determines what we th- how we think and see ourselves. Would you read that with me? How we see ourselves affects our lives and determines how we think and see ourselves. How we see ourselves determines. I was in the gym this week and being persecuted by my trainer, Al, and uh, I was over on another set of machines, and he was training some other people, and he was training Tyler. Uh, Tyler's a real wimp, but he's being trained. He's doing better, all right? So just pray for Tyler. And uh, I heard Tyler, I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I heard Tyler ask Al, have you always been strong? Have you always been into bodybuilding and, and, and training and all this? And I was, really, I was really amazed at what I heard Al say. He said, no, I never saw myself as strong until in, I think he said, the fifth grade. He said, there was a new kid that came to our school, was kind of a bully, whipped up on everybody, but he said, I I became friends with him. And he said he was challenging everybody all the time to arm wrestling. And he said, so he challenged me. He said, I had to arm wrestle with him, so I arm wrestled with him. I don't think Al won. But he said, what he said to me after we did that changed my whole life. Fifth grade, But he said, I can remember it just as clear as anything else. He said, after he beat me in arm wrestling, he looked at me and said, you know, Al, you're really strong. Al said, I can't tell you what happened, but when I heard him say, you are strong, he said, I saw myself in a different way than I ever thought of myself before. And then he went on, and he's been in several bodybuilding competitions and, uh, you know, won some of those, and some of them he probably came in last. I don't know, but you just have to ask him. But what I'm saying is this. When somebody said to him, you're strong, to this day, it still has made a difference in how he sees himself. That's why it's so important during this time of negativity during this time of fear and worry and all of that, that we're very careful in how we see ourselves and how we identify ourselves. I mean, it didn't take, it didn't take very long until 10 spies totally 
their negativity spread through two million people. And they said, we're not going to go up. There's no way we can do that. And they became negative in the midst of all of that. So, so they said to Moses, and they said to God, we, we can't do it. It's impossible. So here's what God says to them. Listen. The people are crying out and saying, Moses, why did you bring us here? We're going to die in the wilderness. Our children and our wives are going to be taken as plunder. And there's no way. I can't believe. Why didn't you leave us back in Egypt where we were? You see, they were seeing themselves not as God's people. They were seeing themselves not as people on the verge of walking into the promised land. They saw themselves through a distorted mirror of negativity that somebody said, there are too many people there. They're giants. It's impossible. We can't enter in. Now, what do you think God said back to them? you got to look at this verse, Numbers chapter 14 and 28. Numbers 14 and 28. So here's what God says. He, says, he tells Moses, so go tell the people. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. They said, we're grasshoppers. We're not able. We can't possess the land. We can't walk into God's victory. You brought us out, and now we're all going to die out here. Our wives are going to die. Everybody's going to die. And so God says, go tell them that what they're saying, that's the very thing that I'll do. So I ask you today, what have you been saying? How, how, much, how much have you been negative in what all that's going on and, and what you have said? Uh, Numbers, uh, Proverbs 18 and 21 says, you know this verse, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. So I'm asking you today, what, what do you choose in the midst of that? Are you a negative person? Are you a person that when somebody sees you coming, they're ready to go the other way because you sap the life out of them? And, and, and you see them coming to you at the store, at Publix, and you sneak around to the next aisle because you don't want to hear their negativity. You don't want to hear their grumbling because what happens, it saps the life out of you, right? I mean, you can be on fire for God. You've had a, a, a powerful devotion today, and you walk in saying to yourself, I'm more than a conqueror. Jesus loves me. I can overcome anything. God is good. And then all of a sudden, you see Mr. Miss Negativity come down the street, and you say, oh, God, you can do everything but that, and you zoop over to the other side. But I'm saying to us, your negativity, people say, well, it was, it was doubt and unbelief that kept them out of the promised land. Not really, not in the beginning. In the beginning, it was the negativity. It was their negativity that they couldn't see themselves as God saw them. And so they began to say all of these things. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you what you said. So we look at that and you say, well, okay, but Terry, what does that have to do with me today? I'm, I'm living in today. I'm not living in the Old Testament. Well, I'm glad you asked that because the Apostle Paul has an answer for you. He said, everything that's written in this book, look at what he says. These are warning markers, danger in history books. In other words, he says, everything that's written in here as a history is a warning for us. It's written down so that we don't do what? Say it again. We don't repeat their mistakes. So their mistake was their negativity kept them out of God's blessings, right? Their negativity not only kept them out, but it also wandered around, and it was a whole generation before they would come in. It also kept Joshua and Caleb out. 
I often thought about this. Joshua and Caleb has to go around the wilderness for 40 years because of 10 negative people. So can you imagine? They're walking in the wilderness and another one dies. Whoa. And then another one. Poof. But for 40 years, you've got to wander around in the wilderness coming short because of 10 people that were full of unbelief and negativity. I'm telling you, parents, your negativity doesn't only affect you. It affects your next generation. It affects people around you. Those of you that are always negative on the job, it not only affects you, but it affects everybody around. So it says, look, let's don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end. And we're just as capable of messing it up as they were. So don't be naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Read that next phrase with me. Cultivate God confidence. Cultivate what? God confidence. So what can we learn from this story? Well, first of all, a great thing, negativity spreads faster than positive report, right? I got a, uh, in the last 14 weeks, have we been bombarded with negativity or what? I got a, uh, a phone call this week. It was an interview from a reporter of a newspaper in our, our region. And uh, she said, I'd like to know what you're doing about helping to, uh, uh, you know, to bring peace in the midst of everything and to heal this racial divide. I understand that you and other pastors have been doing some things. Could you give me your take on that? And so I began to talk with her and talk about, you know, it's, it's good news. We have one enemy, and that's Satan, not one another. And so she says to me, listen to what she says to me. I've been a reporter for this newspaper for 30 years. It used to be that I could bring a story to them about some faith-based organization doing something good. But she said, now, when I bring a story to them, here's what they say. We don't have room for that right now. She said, because it's good news, and they don't have room for that right now. I said, so what you're telling me is that negativity sells newspapers. Could I also share with you, negativity always keeps you locked onto the news network that you watch. It's not, it's not the good. Can you imagine waking up one day, and the news people say, wow, everything is great. Everybody's at peace. Everything is wonderful. Some of you wouldn't like that. Some of you are going to have a tough time if you get to heaven, when you get to heaven. Because you like negativity so much. In a perfect world where there's no pain, no disaster, no nothing, you're going to start snooping around in heaven looking under a rug and saying, something's got to be bad here. Something can't be right. So I'm saying maybe we should start thinking about our thinking right now and the words that we say. Some people, I saw somebody this week say, is this the end of the world? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because in August, we've got a brand new series. That, uh, uh, August, yeah, the end of August, we've got a brand new series that we're going to start called The End Zone. And we're going to look at the end and how all of this is setting up things for the end of the world and how does that mean. So I wanted to subtitle it, and the team wouldn't let me because they said it was too dated. I wanted to subtitle it, This World's Not My Home. I'm Just Traveling Through. Anybody remember that old song? This World's Not My Home. Uh, sorry, we'll stop there. <laughs> We're just so bombarded with negative news, news, news. And we think this couldn't get worse, and then we see something else. I got to be honest with you. Can I just be transparent with you this morning? I am emotionally 
on edge right now. Anybody else there? I mean, it's just like, what else is going to happen? What, what, what else is going to happen? Next week, I'm going to talk about weariness. You don't want to miss next week because there's a lot of people that are weary. You need to invite some weary people next week. Uh, I find myself getting angry very easily. And I'm thinking, why, why is that? Like, like the other day, I stopped at this place to get some gas and to get a cup of coffee. And so uh, they've got a, a coffee club that you can join. It doesn't cost you anything, but you get your coffee for a discounted price. I won't tell you because it's too close to this church. And uh, so anyway... So anyway, the guy typed, uh, put it in and said, $3 on something. I said, excuse me, I, I'm a member of that cheaper club. And he said, well, you should have put your number in. I said, you didn't ask me for my number. I said, where do I put my number? Right here. And there's a plexiglass. Aren't you glad for social distancing right now? So I said to him, I, I can, I'll put it in here, right? He said, yes, most people know that. And then he did the unthinkable. He rolled his eyes at me and looked at himself, the employee that was working with him. Excuse me, sir. I may not be as smart as other people. So I appreciate it if you would tell me when I come in that I put my numbers in here and I will be happy to put them in. Well, you should have known. I said, but I didn't know. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And if you'd have been so kind to tell me, then I would have done that. And I wouldn't have caused you trouble right now. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm so glad there's a plexiglass between us right now. You thought I was holier than that, didn't you? So he, I put my number in, and then he looks at me and he says, well, it's free today. I said, well, thank you very much. I thought it might be free. You have a wonderful day, and next time I come in, I'll know where to pump, push the numbers, okay? Thank you so very much. But I'm thinking, that's out of my, well, I get impatient with people, so I can't say it's totally out of my ballpark. But the anger that I felt was, and I walked out and I thought, why is it? And I just felt the Lord say, it's because you're being so bombarded everywhere you look, on the news media, social media, everything with that. And I, I find myself sometimes even getting more discouraged. I mean, I wake up with a good attitude. You know, this is a day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in this. I'm going to be happy in this. And then we watch a little bit news, you know, after we do our devotions. And it says, well, this happened, that happened. This person got shot. That person got shot. This got looted. This got robbed. Another person has this. Now, you know, uh, um, Pastor Kevin in Phoenix, they went back to church. But now there's been an outbreak, so they have to wear a mask. And so they've cut down. They're having church. They're going back to church online. And I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, you know, what else? What else? And just get easily discouraged like you. So I'm, I pray in the middle of that, Lord, help me to know how to keep a positive attitude in all this negativity. Because a negative outlook never, ever leads to a positive life. So how do we deal with that? Well, I've got one point today. Here it is. We need to learn to see good in the middle of the bad. Would you say it with me? See good in the middle of the bad. There's a great country and western song. I was going to play that too, but I got voted over again. And uh, it's called Rose-Colored Glasses. I like it. Rose-Colored. Oh, sorry. All right. So. See, at least I sang two lines before they cut the bottom. cut me off. And basically, it's talking about people who wear rose-colored glasses. It's, in other words, they see life in a positive attitude. How many of you, just, just be honest, okay, 
because Jesus is coming back and hell is hot. So you got to be honest. How many of you would say that you're, you're a more positive person than a negative person? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, it's about half and half. And I won't ask the others of you that are negative. I won't make you step out into that. But I think that maybe we don't need to look through rose-colored glasses. We need to look through rose-colored God glasses. Because you see, if I believe God is who he says he is, then he's not only in the good, but he can be in the bad. We've been looking at this verse in James chapter 1, verse 22 and through 20, 23 through 25. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Andrea said, if she were here today, she would allow me to play that country song, uh, Rose-Colored Glasses. Thank you, Andrea. I love you. You're, you're my favorite today of all that are there. <laughs> yeah. Anita said she said that because she's at home and she can turn the volume off. Uh, this is a strange uh, group, this service, I tell you. <laughs> What'd you guys give me to drink in between? Was that, was that real coffee or not? James chapter 1. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover a reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. But then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear. And they're strengthened by it. And they experience God's blessings in all they do. So I'm saying, in the midst of this negativity, we've got to look more into the Word. More into the Word. Say that with me. Into the Word. We've got to see ourselves as Jesus sees us. As He sees us. Positivity is staying positive even when you find a good reason to be negative. Isn't that true? Positivity is staying positive even when you find really good reasons to be negative. Some people that we know are just negative all the time. They wake up in the morning. Do you rest well? No. You going to have a good day? Probably not. You got something good today? No, nothing good. And everything is, is a negative attitude. And if you have that kind of attitude, you're not going to come to the end of the day and say, wow, this was a great day. I could hardly, why? Because your attitude at the very beginning stinks. It's full of negativity. Positivity is the unwavering expectation that our God is working in every circumstance. You know Romans 8 and 28, right? God works everything together for good to those who love him or called according to his purpose. Remember that? Now, let me read it to you from the Passion. I love this. Look, look at this. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives, how, many, how much of our details? Every detail is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good news into our lives. All right? So he says, when you look in the mirror of the word, I want you to see that. For we are his lovers who are called to fulfill his divine purpose. So it's simply saying there that no matter what I'm facing, I've got to believe that God is in the middle of that. Now, at the very beginning of that chapter, it talks about if, we, if we're praying in the Spirit, then if we do that, then God's able to take all those things and turn them around for good. But listen to me today, church. You can't continue. Some of you can't continue on the road you are right now of negativity. It's going to sabotage your marriage, sabotage your life, sabotage your kids, sabotage your destiny and your future because God didn't call us to be negative people. He said, look, 
here's the promised land, here's the blessings that I want you to enter in. And 10 say, no, we can't able, I'm not able to do that, everybody else can, but I can't. But two, God that led into the promised land said, we are able and we can do that. So what do we need to do? Here's the first thing, we need to think about what we think about. Isn't that brilliant? Think about what you think about. You see, what consumes your mind tends to control your life. So if you wake up and say, nothing good's going to happen today, nothing's great, all of that, then that tends to control your life. Whatever you think about directs your life. Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Here's what I know. Your life is generally moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You say, why doesn't things get any better? Well, maybe you should start with your thoughts. You know, you say, well, here I am, you know, and, and I still struggle with these. Look, if you're constantly filling your mind with pornography and you wonder why you can't get to the place of breakthrough, it's because you're going to go in the direction that you have. If you're a constant person, you never read the word, but you, you feel full of negativity, that negativity is going to pull you in a different direction. If you believe that you're unlovable and the enemy tells you, well, you're not married now or you're having marital problems right now because you're unlovable, nobody could love you, and you begin to see yourself that way, you're going to self-sabotage. What you fill your mind with, you're going to go in that direction. You're going to move in that direction. So we need to think about what we think about and next, we need to feed our faith and starve our negativity. Say that with me. Feed your faith and starve the negativity. Look at your neighbor and tell them. Say, you need to feed your faith. And look at the other side, the other person, and say, starve your negativity, right? Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. So don't be negative Nancy. Vance posted. So that's a good one right there, all right? So we don't want to be that. So what do we do? All right, so let's start the very basics. Some of you have your news channel on 24 hours a day. You get in the car and you turn on the news. You think that something is going to happen in the next 30 minutes and you've got to keep on top of everything. Listen, if something happens, you'll know about it. Every news outlet has a political agenda. I don't care who they are. Tell me what station you listen to the most, and I'll tell you your political leanings. There's very few people in this house this morning or watching online that will say, I balance out everything by listening to different places. No. You, 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 you have the place that you have confidence in those. I mean, if I didn't have confidence, and I'm not sure I have confidence in too many news outlets right now. Because here's what I know. I heard a mayor the other day of a large city said, yeah, we've got everything going. Everything's going good. We haven't had any rights. We, we have a couple of people. And you know what they're showing in the background? They're showing some person, some people, two people breaking in a store. Here the mayor has just said, we've only got a couple of people. And so what is the news media? They're going to put something that sells. There they are again, those, you know, whatever you call them right there, those looters and those thieves, you know, breaking in again. Why? Because negativity sells. So listen to me. Listen to me. You're, you're being sabotaged in your Christian life because you're watching too much news and listening to, reading too much social media. So let me help you, all right? Let me help you. Here it is. Dr. Terry, I'm telling you right now. Here's what you do. Here, are you ready? Here it is. Simple. 
Write this down, ABCs, put it in your mind. Limit yourself to 30 minutes maximum once a day to listen to the news. You say, oh, but I need to know what's going on. You watch it once a day, you'll know what's going on. If you need to know more, you'll find out more, trust me. If the world breaks into a third world war, you'll know it, and you won't have to watch news to be able to catch that. But I'm telling you, listen to my heart. Some of you wonder why you're on edge, why you're angry, why you're doing all of these things. It's because you're allowing too much of negative media coming into your life. So I'm saying limit yourself 30 minutes max. How many times a day? How many times a day? For how long? Try it. Listen, try it. You say, oh, that's, that's foolish. That's foolish. Try it this week. Try it this week and come back next week and see if it won't make a difference in your attitude and if it won't make a difference in somebody behind a plexiglass gives you a hard way to go because you didn't put the right numbers in, all right? So do that. Not only that, but for every minute that you watch TV or every minute that you watch posts on social media, Max it with the same amount of scriptures. So if, I, if I'm watching 30 minutes of news, I'm going to read 30 minutes in the Word. So if I read one social post, I'm going to read a verse of scripture, social post. Some of you will burn your Bible up because that's all you do. You're on your media. Well, what did they say? What did, what did they say? I don't, I don't know what they said. Well, I didn't like what they said, so I'm not going to like that. I'm going to, I'm going to unfollow them, and I'm going to find somebody else that agrees with me. Everybody's got an opinion. And they want their opinion to be your opinion. And then you get upset and you post back something different. Listen, read my lips. You will not change them by arguing with them on a social media. You're only going to drive yourself crazier. Just lay the, lay the thing down. And just say, Lord, I'm going to see good in everything that's bad. And then spend some time in worshiping. Turn on some praise and worship music. And not only that, but spend some time in saying what God says about you in his word. This is my journal. And so in here, I journal my prayers and different things. But at the very beginning of this, and I do this most every day, I have scriptures that's speaking to me that I want my ears to hear me say. So I say this every day. Because of Jesus, I am a child of God, Galatians 3 and 26. I am alive, Romans 6 and 11. I am a masterpiece, Ephesians 2 and 10. I am chosen, Ephesians 1 and 4. I am strengthened by God who upholds me, protects me, and defends me. I am fierce in confidence, boldness because God is within me. I'm not stuck in worry because Jesus offers peace this world cannot give. And I say those every day. Why? Because when I get those into my mind, I begin looking in the mirror and see how he sees me. You say, can I have a copy of those? No. Those are for me. But you can get your own. We've got this little thing outside called Get Your Words Worth. And all it is is three or four pages of scriptures. Like, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. 2 Corinthians 5 and 27. I'm slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger. James 1 and 4. I do not speak negative things. Ephesians 4 and 29. I take good care of my body. I eat right. I look good. I feel good. I'm confessing this last one. And I weigh what God wants me to weigh, even though it's not yet. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Isn't it amazing how we talk ourselves out of that? Get the word into you. And here's the next thing. 
guard your mouth by what comes out of your heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You see, what's in my heart is going to come out of my mouth and it's going to direct my life. I mean, this is not like one of those deep theological teachings, but what this is today is like one of the most practical things that will help you and will change your life. So let me give you a review here. Here's, here's what I've come to understand. I know that what consumes my mind controls my life. My life is always moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. That the life I live is a reflection of the thoughts that I think. And that God has not given me a spirit of fear, say it with me, but of power, love, and a sound mind or a disciplined mind. Wow. How many of you would just be honest with me today and say with me, i really like for you to pray with me, Terry, because I'd like to be more positive in my life, all right? Would you, would you raise your hand? I'd love to pray for you today if you'd allow me. Father, we, we come to you today and as we've looked at these scriptures today, we realize that we are being so bombarded with negativity. Just as the 10 spies saw everything hopeless, we see so many giants and we think that we're so small and insignificant that we couldn't change anything. But Lord, I'd ask you to help us today to renew our mind with the truth of your word. Lord, renew our mind with the truth of your word, not through the distortions of social media, not through the distortions of all the things that are going on, but Lord, renew our mind today. Renew our mind, Lord, renew our mind. Lord, please let your word take deep root in our heart. Let us spend time in your word, spend time in praising you and reminding ourselves of how awesome you are, that we as a church could be representative of you in a world that's full of darkness. As you continue to pray and think about yourself right now, I want to give you some real good news today. And the good news in the midst of bad news. There are a lot of bad news today. Part of the bad news is we live in a world of sin. And there are some of you that are here today and some of you that are watching online, you know there's bad news in your life. And you know you're not living the way that you would like to live. And you know right now that if Jesus were to come for you, if, if death were to come in your life, you're not really sure if you're ready to meet him. See, and so we say, well, I'm going to try better this week. I'm going to try better. But it's not in trying better. If we could try better, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die on the cross. There's no other way to get to God is through, except through Jesus. Jesus came to this world. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. Because, you see, somebody has to pay for the penalty of your sins. So you have a choice. You can let Jesus pay for that penalty or you can pay for it yourself in eternity separated from God in a place called hell. It's your choice. There's no other way to get to God. It's not through good works. If it was through good works, Jesus wouldn't have had to die, but he did die. And so he wants to forgive you of your sins. The scripture said, if I cry out to him and I ask him to forgive me, he'll forgive me of my sins. Can, he, can you imagine that? He'll just wipe away all my past. Forgive me totally. Forgive me. Forgive me for all of my sins. And then he'll give me the hope for an eternity on the new heaven and the new earth. And not only that, but then he gives me the assurance that I can live a joy-filled life right now in the midst of a negative world. I'm telling you, that's good news. That's some good news. And I'd love to pray with you today. The scripture says, if I cry out to the Lord, that I could be saved. So if you're here today and you're watching online, and you would say, Terry, I need that. 
I need Jesus to come into my life. I want his forgiveness. I want his joy. I want him to direct my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me today and let me pray with you today. Say, that's me. Would you join those five in the first service today that said, that's the choice that I make? Or you're watching online, would you raise your hand? Say, yeah, that's me. That's me today. I, I need that decision. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to serve him. Well, let's pray today. Let's pray for those who raised their hand online or in the house here if, if you had a need. Nobody should ever pray this prayer alone, so would you pray with me today? Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for my sins. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to give me a fresh start, a new beginning. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit as best as I know how. I'm going to serve you the rest of the days of my life. Church, would you celebrate with us today with those who made that decision? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God help people, and build the kingdom.